Whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you are producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com, the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. The beauty of Michael and I not coming from the industry was that we didn't know how it was supposed to be done. So we weren't afraid to ask why not and really push the boundaries. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get... Knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara from the Kara Golden Show, and I'm super, super excited for my next guest. I am such a huge fan of her product. And uh, for years, we were just talking that I remember having it out in the Hamptons at their little roadside stop and, okay. and had this the most amazing banana Yummy, yummy. Uh, Chloe's Chloe Epstein is here, and her product called Chloe uh, was the product that I'm talking about. It's called Chloe's Fruit. Um, and uh, anyway, it was so, so yummy. So I'm so excited to have her here just to talk about 
her journey and obviously Chloe's as well. Um, but it was really inspired by her intense sweet tooth. Sounds familiar. Yeah. My sweet tooth is, as well. And uh, her commitment to living a healthier lifestyle and creating products that her family, she'd be proud to be able to give her family and her friends with simple ingredients and nothing artificial. And she solved a problem, as I mentioned, for herself and then decided to turn it into a business, which I think so often is kind of the first step um, to be being able to do it. But again, when you think about like the ice cream and the um, frozen yogurt industry, I mean, fearless and relentless is the is the term that I'm sure Chloe has been uh, called over the years. And, and definitely she's done something that has made a difference. And I truly, truly admire everything that she's done. And obviously other people do as well. She's had great success building it and is now, uh, has now taken her product uh, into the grocery stores nationwide, um, which she'll talk about as well. And she's in well over 10,000 locations, which is so, so great. And actually she sent me her newest product, which is uh, with oat milk, which is so, so good. So welcome, Chloe. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. The feelings are mutual. I'm a huge fan of yours as, as your product as well. So it's great to be here. Uh, so, so great. So tell me a little bit about your background. So you're, you're a New Yorker, right? You grew, you grew up in New York? Well, New York and New Jersey. I, I grew up, uh, started in New York, moved out to New Jersey um, when I was young. And um, I think, you know, as far as I can, as far back as I can remember, um, there was always like an element of health and wellness in the background of my home. My parents were very um, health conscious and mindful of, of eating and working out. And I used to always do like the Jane Fonda workout tapes with my mom, which probably dates me, but um, oh that was God. like our thing, our, our daily ritual together. And so it's always been a big, a big part of my life. And I think back then, um, you know, we weren't as, as knowledgeable as consumers, but we thought, or my parents thought they were, they were doing the best in terms of, of the products that they carry had in the house and keeping it simple and clean. But um, it was different. Like we definitely grew up on frozen yogurt, and that's where kind of my my addiction started. You know, my I was looking for something that was healthier, what we thought was healthier than ice cream. So we went to frozen yogurt. And at the time, you know, the artificial ingredients weren't really a concern. It was more about the fat and the calories and and all of, all of the other stuff. So um, at the time, I just became like addicted with this this frozen treat that just seemed like the perfect answer to all my cravings. Um, and uh, you know, I, my first job in high school was at Tasty Delight, um, a frozen yogurt store. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's really where the like career overlap ends because. I didn't really do anything else in the food industry or wellness industry until Chloe's um, after I, I went to law school and had a totally different career. So you went to law school and you thought you were going to be an attorney. Um, did you actually practice? Yes, I was. Um, I went from law school. I went and worked as a prosecutor and assistant district attorney in Manhattan. Um, and that was an incredible experience. Um, I had like 
loved the courtroom. Um, I think I, I had like a little bit of a theater bug my whole life. And I think the courtroom cr- kind of fed that. Um, I so I, I love the intensity of it. It was super challenging, rewarding, amazing experience. Um, and so I don't think, you know, starting my own business definitely wasn't something I set, set out to do. I'm certainly not like a natural born entrepreneur. It wasn't in my blood. I'm not, I'm more of a planner. I like to know the path and what's, what's going to come next. And I'm not the biggest risk taker, but this idea for Chloe's and this, um, what I thought it was uh, the void. I thought it was filling in, in my life and in others. Um, I just couldn't kind of couldn't shake the idea and I just, uh, kind of had to go for it. I love it. And how often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. 
Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. So what was the moment that you just decided that you were going to start Chloe's? I think I had, I you know, with having kids, um, I was really concerned more, more than just, uh, oh, this would be nice kind of feeling, but more of an actual concern of what mm-hmm. I was going to feed my kids. You know, I'm walking in the aisles of the supermarkets and seeing, and my kids were very young at the time, but seeing how brands market to children and, and the ice cream trucks on the, on the streets, you know, every few blocks and just thinking like, what, how was I going to really, you know, feed, feed my kids in a way that felt, felt good to me. So, um, it's Michael, my partner, who is my husband's best friend from growing up was a triathlete. And he always had a freezer full of over-ripened bananas. And he never knew what to do with them. And he knew that I was kind of fixated on finding this alternative to a frozen yogurt without anything artificial. And um, we just kind of started experimenting together in the fr- in the kitchen on any appliance we could find and processors and Cuisinarts and juicers. And, um, you know, we started with bananas because that's the, that's the most likely, you know, fruit to create that creamy consistency. And those were the fruits he had in his freezer. So um, we, the idea was just, let's see what we can do with just the most minimal ingredients possible. And once we were able to create something that really satiated that, that frozen treat craving that I was, was looking for um, with just fruit water, we kind of got started and um, we had to enlist a, a lot of help along the way to take it to the next step. I love it. And so what year was this? We started um, in the kitchen in about 2009. Okay. And then we opened our first store in 2010. Um, in the in the meantime, you know, we were kind of working in my kitchen after the kids went to bed. Michael was working another job. I had I was working, and this was kind of like 
we'll see, we'll see where this goes. And, um, once we were feeling really confident about the concept, we hired a, a food scientist who helped us learn and understand the big soft serve machines and how to calibrate them and what exactly the recipe would need to, you know, in order to survive through the machine and through the freezing process. And so we had the fruit, we had the water and, and we learned we needed to add sugar in so that it wouldn't freeze up in the machine. Mm-hmm. And um, once we did that with four fruits and it tasted delicious, we hired um, a food consultant who helped us figure out how to open a retail store. And um, by 2010, we opened our first location on the Upper East Side in Manhattan. And um, we just opened with four basic fruit varieties. And the idea was to open a few more stores, potentially franchise and, and kind of get this out to as many people as possible. But, you know, at the time, we didn't think about how limiting, you know, having a soft serve machine would be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the goal was to get this product out to as many people as possible. And we started to move into food service pretty early, but we could only really go to venues that had these soft serve machines. So it wasn't until we kind of stumbled upon the pop um, using the same three basic ingredients that we we really saw the potential for the business. And that's when we we pivoted and started to focus on on the pops. I love it. And so were you actually, I mean, I think that one thing that I bet you faced is that in order to get into venues, you, I mean, you almost had to figure out what business you were in, right? Were you in the business of producing a product or were you in the business of actually buying machines for people or leasing machines to people because they didn't have the machines, right? Exactly. In the beginning, we tried to do both and we learned pretty quickly that that it wasn't feasible. First of all, both Michael and I didn't have background in the food industry to start with, but we certainly yeah. weren't going to start getting in the machine background so um, business. So we kind of started with the idea that we would help venues that were interested in acquiring these machines. We would kind of help them through that process. And then we slowly backed away and we just were went after the, the um, venues that had the machines and um, could just bring in our mix. So the, the pops really... Um, just were, it, it was very liberating to be able to finally offer something that you just needed a freezer, which already is, you know, frozen is a lot different than a shelf stables, which is, it, you know, has its own challenges as it is. But uh, limiting the, the machine, um, you know, barrier made mm-hmm. it a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. And did you feel like when you were going out to people who were helping you, because you co-pack, I would imagine, and Mm -hmm. when you're going out to these popsicle manufacturers, did you feel like you heard, oh, we can't do it that way because they need certain ingredients? I mean, I talk a lot about this in in when I'm out speaking, but also in, in my book about how, you know, I wanted a product that didn't have sweeteners in it. And I wanted fruit, no sweeteners, and no preservatives. And the sort of stock answer was, Mm -hmm. we can't do that. You need preservatives in it. And I'd say, why? Because I came from the tech industry. I did not know anything about it. And so, so many times people would say to me, I have no idea, but I don't have time for these answers. I mean, maybe they weren't that rude, but essentially they were like, I don't know click, right? And I would only imagine that you ran across the exact same kind of resistance to being able to do this. 
absolutely. I mean, you're telling, you're, you're telling our story. I mean, I think the beauty of Michael and I not coming from the industry was exactly that we didn't, we didn't know how it was supposed to be done. So we weren't afraid to ask why not? And really push the boundaries and challenge the norms. And, um, I think that's how we were able to differentiate ourselves. And, you know, we were, we believed we could make it work and we finally found those partners that could do it with us. And, and, you know, we created that first fruit pop without stabilizers. And, um, from there, we've really been able to innovate and lean into a more broad line of pops where we're really the first in almost many of our, uh, in almost all of the the new lines that we've launched. So we have the, the, we started with the fruit pops where we didn't add the stabilizers. We moved, wanted to get a little more decadent and we dip in a dairy-free dark chocolate. So we were the first dairy-free fruit pop to dip in a dairy-free dark chocolate. And then we moved into oat milk. We're the first oat milk-based pop, um, which now there are, there are, there are others, but we were the first. We like to we like to mention that as much as possible. Um, and, and now we just yes, launched. They're so good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and now we just launched our first no sugar added pop using all natural sweeteners. So um, none of the sugar alcohols, none of the artificial sweeteners that you find in most other no sugar added. So yeah, so I, so I agree with you. And stores. I know obviously, you know, super challenging over the last 17 months for everybody and and how business has changed overall where i are you still doing stores i mean do you still have stores out there um we have our one store in manhattan that we opened a year after our first one so we opened this one in 2011 and it's it's wildly popular but where is we have that no one? desire that one's in union square um, okay. in manhattan Downtown. I know exactly where that one is. Thank it's you for not closing that. It's a great area. <laughs> yes, it's a great area. We have, we've, you know, developed over the years a really loyal um, consumer and uh, we love it. We love having a place where the consumer can come and experience the brand from start to finish, how we started with the soft serve. We sell the pops there as well. We dip our pops in the store. We have smoothies, we, but um, the our mission of really making these treats more accessible um, is we've really developed through our pops and that's like where the focus is. So while we love having the the store as like a, as just, you know, it's, it's our baby and it's how it all started and, and it's a great marketing tool. It's a great space for R&D. It's amazing for getting immediate consumer feedback and opinions and requests for new products. Um, so it's, we, there's a lot of benefits from it, but um, we don't have any plans to um, expand that part of the business. Got it. Very, very interesting. We have one store actually in uh, San Francisco oh. uh, in our corporate offices just on Union Street. And we say exactly the same thing about uh, we've never tried to open another store. We just have that store there primarily for um, R&D. And, and um, you know, we still have people in San Francisco where we're based to come into the store and they know that there's unique flavors there and there were, we're always oh, playing so cool. around and trying things. Yeah. So it's, uh, 
it's a lot of fun. And, you know, we've got an Instagram photo studio there that we're always creating, you know, crazy environments where you can come and, you know, get your picture taken and snap it. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. But we've said the same thing that for us, it's really about marketing and branding and being able to have an experience with the brand. But, right. um, you know, nationwide, our, our goal is really to work with, uh, with stores, um, and ultimately, you know, to sell through direct to consumer or through mm-hmm. Amazon as well to, in order to get to the consumer. So, yeah, I think for us also, just one thing, yeah. we, we um, it was a challenge in the beginning to get the customer uh, to understand that we were the same pop they were seeing in the supermarket. So hmm. we had that challenge of trying to marry the two because we started with the retail store first, which is unusual. So we, we, you know, we put the boxes in the store just so you can see the the branding, um, that it was the same store, but until this, to this day, we still get people confused or surprised that like, Oh wait, you're the same brand, you know? So that's, that's another challenge is trying to kind of, um, you know, make, make people aware of, of the fact that we are, we are the same. <laughs> so you're competing against, uh, you know, not just, uh, other bars that are out there, frozen popsicles and everything else that's out there. But you're, I mean, you're really competing for freezer case. My dad had launched ages ago when I was a little, little girl, my dad had launched Healthy Choice and um, inside of ConAgra. And so I grew up hearing about, you know, how he was, he actually was not fighting against other brands, he was arguing with other internal brands inside of ConAgra that wanted the frozen case. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine, you know, as my dad, who was still alive when I launched him, I said, how do I get my product into Safeway? And he was like, I have no idea because it's already, you know, decided, right? I mean, ConAgra right. has a giant contract with um, the grocery stores, and then he's got a you know, compete internally for that space. And which Mm -hmm. is very different than Chloe walking into a buyer and saying, I want some of that space. Like, how did you find that? I mean, it's, it's incredibly, I mean, for me, it was a whole new world that again, I, I sort of never really had thought about or paid attention to how, you know, competitive it is and how hard it is. Absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, you know, really creating that product that's differentiating mm-hmm. um, because, and knowing, you know, we've learned along the way, which retailers are looking to, um, you know, be at the forefront of the newer um, products as opposed to seeing what works and then bringing you in. Yeah. So we can, we know which buyers are going to appreciate our innovation or we know the ones that we want to prove it and then bring it to them. Um, but it's really all about, um, being an innovator and being a leader and then, uh, being a good partner, uh, to these retailers and supporting them in every way we can, you know, with in-store marketing, um, outside and social and, um, just doing everything we can to support them and support the sales. And, um, we found that our relationships from every, everyone from our co-packers to our suppliers, to our retailers have proven to be um, our, our biggest asset, uh, just how much we kind of, how much work and effort and time we put into those relationships really pays off. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I think you hit a, uh, a topic that is very near and dear to my heart too, that those relationships, uh, 
you know, at the lowest level and at the highest level with these co-packers and them seeing you being able to, you know, come in and really try and um, understand exactly what they're doing and, and, and contribute and add value to that conversation, not coming from this industry was probably a competitive advantage that you had an idea. um, You were, you know, not going to take no for an answer and instead try and figure out how can you do it and how can you make it happen? Yeah. Um, we, you know, we, we were aware that we did not know a lot. So we were, um, you know, very focused on surrounding ourselves with experts, um, in the field and, and people that we respected and were educated and experienced, um, but that, you know, we were able to also really give our input and, and stick to what we believed in and, and, you know, push, push, push. I love it. That's so great. Now, were you actually an attorney when you started this idea as, I mean, you'll always be an attorney, but were you practicing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, I had, I had taken, I had already left the DA's office, um, kind of with the idea of doing this. It was, but timing wise, I was transitioning out of the DA's office because of my kids and thinking I would probably go back, but then this kind of took on a life of its own and became my, uh, my other child. (laughs) That's awesome. What was, what was the most surprising thing that you learned when, when, you know, in your journey? I mean, obviously you're thinking up this idea, you're kind of doing product development with Michael and you're trying to figure out, you know, how, like maybe, go find real estate to go and launch the store over like what would you say since 2009 2010 was the most kind of surprising thing that you've learned i that's a hard one i think one of i think one of the things is like that it's just you always hear having your own business it doesn't stop but it truly not just the work just the the concepting and and you know the conceiving of new things and ideas it just you never, you can never really sit back and um, take in what you've what you've created because yeah. you have to be ready to move on to the next thing. And um, I'm very surprised by that because even when I was at the DA's office and my workload was was tremendous. I mean, I had about you know over 50 cases that were constantly moving, and they could be at any stage, whether it was trial or pretrial, grand jury there was always like that moment where you could kind of sit back and be like, all right, that trial's over. I did great. And now I can prepare for the next. With, with yeah. Chloe's and with the business, there's just really none of that. Ah, wow. We, we got this off the ground. We got it on shelf. We're seeing it, uh, you know, on social. Um, we're seeing it in people's hands. This is so exciting, but it's like, wait, what, what we have to start finding the next thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's been really surprising how quick it all has to how it has to happen. And, and, um, you know, we were, we were advised like early on when we, we were part of the, the Chobani food incubator, which was an incredible experience for us, um, early on, they, you know, we had been describing what our next innovation was going to be. And we were saying how, yeah, we were thinking of blueberry and we're thinking of doing a coffee pop. Mm -hmm. And they said, yeah, that's not innovation. That's like, that's a line extension. And that was the first time we're like, uh oh, we really gotta, you know, we gotta move beyond just, you know, what we're comfortable with. And 
um, you know, from that experience, we learned so much, but we also ended up, um, partnering with La Colombe on our coffee pop, which was, uh, you know, an incredible part and our first partnership. But, um, we really walked away thinking we got to get on this. We got to start, you know, looking past what we know and what we've, we've established ourselves as, and now, and now start really doing innovation. I remember hearing that you were part of the incubator program and, uh, and I thought, huh, like they're not a brand new company. I mean, they've, they've actually already launched and now they're, they're going into that. And which I think also takes a lot of courage and, and, you know, it's humbling, right? Because you've had a few years of experience and I'm sure they were, you know, sharing with you that your baby wasn't totally pretty, right? right. <laughs> you were, you were being told, you know, this isn't good. And, and, and again, it's, it's a group of people's opinion, but I'm sure at times you were, uh, you know, kind of feeling like, oh my gosh, like, why <laughs> did I submit to this? Right. I mean, and, yeah. and, and why did you think that you wanted to go into an incubator program, whether it's Chobani or whether it's, mm-hmm. I know people who have done it in tech have gone in, you know, to different incubator pro- programs after they've started. Right. And they've thought, you know, that this is what I really, really need to do because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I need that extra mentorship and, and also somebody to have another look at my program, whatever it is. But I'm so curious to hear how you decided to do it. It's so funny because that was the exact, we got the feedback, even when we were applying for it, mm-hmm. everyone we talked to was like, you're too big, you're too established. Why would you do this? And we felt that we had so much to learn. We were probably on the bigger side of, of the companies that they were typically working with. But, um, you know, we were new, we were so new to the business and everything felt like it was such a steep learning curve that we felt like this is a local New York business. We had so much respect for Chobani, Hamzi, their mission. You know, we were so aligned and we just felt like, you know, why, how, why would we pass up an opportunity to learn from all these people who are in this industry in such a like-minded way? And we felt like it would be this like real intense experience that we would, we would really be able to benefit from in so many aspects of of our business. And it truly was that. Um, and I think we probably got more out of it being at our phase because we had already made so many mistakes that, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they were covering and we could, we could relate to, and we could, um, kind of take it to the next level. And from, you know, the basic kind of intro meetings or lectures, or we knew exactly what we wanted to get out of it. We knew what was next. We knew what we were, you know, what we were lacking or where we really needed help. And the beauty of Chobani is that they are totally open. Everyone is so accessible there. We were able to, you know, make meetings with whatever department we needed at whatever time. And they really helped us navigate through so many challenges we were having. And so I think I think our our stage and how established we were, we were really out, able to really take advantage of everything that they were offering in the incubator, and then just everything they have to offer in general. Um, so you know, we still are in, in close contact with them, and they continue to be a huge support system for us. Yeah, that's what you were saying. That is so great to hear. And Hamdi is obviously awesome, and yeah. I'm really excited to hear that they didn't stop the program after the first group. I mean, they've continued yeah. it, right? I mean, they're still doing yeah, it. Yeah, they're super committed and it kind of evolves every year. They've, they've 
done something different with it. And it's pretty, pretty impressive. That's, that's so incredible. So you and I were talking to about something I mentioned earlier about uh, seeing, seeing your product for the first time out in the Hamptons and, and kind of what you learned. I mean, can you share that story just about, you know, you set up your first little store in Bridgehampton on the side of the road. You're, you partnered with this great coffee company, but what did you learn about that experience? Yeah. Um, so we were, we were thrilled to be able to have this outpost and this opportunity to still, um, you know, market to and be relevant to a, a big co- part of our consumer base who was going out from the city, from our New York store out to the Hamptons over the summer. And it seemed like a dream. You know, we were at Hampton Coffee Company, which was this terrific coffee shop, um, very, you know, high traffic. And we just thought it was perfect. And like a like some other things we did along the way, I'd be, it, you know, it was a distraction for us um, because it all these things, while they are look shiny and sexy and um, super appealing, they're you know very time consuming, and um, we put a lot of effort and energy into it. And ultimately, you know, the you have to think about the whole package and and the coffee. The Hampton Coffee, while it's a super successful, um, highly frequented, loyal, con- have a huge co- loyal consumers, we were serving a frozen treat that most people think of eating, you know, later in the day or after dinner, late night. And the hours of Hampton Coffee were just not in line with, you know, what you would expect for um, a frozen treat shop. So, you know, their their high traffic area time is um, like 5.30 in the morning to like 7.30 in the morning. And so for us, that wasn't perfect for, you know, getting people to try a, a yeah. you know, Sunday. So, what, you know, it was great having our name up there. And to this day, I hear great stories like yours about how they remember it and they loved it. But um, ultimately, we had to kind of assess if it was a good move and good, good kind of um, time commitment for us. And, and it, it was not. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think that the early trial, I mean, I think for, for me, that story just really resonates with me because what I always uh, share with entrepreneurs or would be um, hopefully um, soon to be entrepreneurs is that the most important thing is that you try things, right? And you get it out there. And there's so many lessons that you learned from that experience. And you definitely gained some customers like me who saw it, but then, (laughs) right. But then you figured out kind of, you know, what did I learn from this experience? And is it, you know, worth the, um, the challenges in order to, you know, keep it going. And uh, yeah. what did I learn about my own customer? Because I think until you actually go and really understand your customer, focus groups probably couldn't have told you all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the other thing that I've learned along the way too, is that you can have tons of people in the industry who share all their insights and their own journey of how they did things. But more than anything, if you can figure out a way to to reasonably, cheaply get it out there in the market and figure out exactly what your customer does, that is the most important thing for you, right? Because everybody's yeah. going to be a little bit different and how people react to your product versus Hint, for example, you know, maybe they would pick up a water before they go to their exercise classes. Like maybe that would be the perfect place for Hint to be. It's really, really hard to say until we ultimately tried it. But I think that that is the most important thing is just going and trying and figuring things out. 
Absolutely. Yeah. We, we try, we, whenever we, whenever something kind of comes across our plate that could be perceived as a little off track for us, but could be interesting, we kind of go back to um, that experience as well as another one that we had that was similar with a truck. And we were just like, nope, we have to stay focused. And, um, you know, we know, we know what we're doing and why we're doing it. And we don't want to, we don't want to go down that path again. <laughs> I absolutely, absolutely love it. So uh, one of the quotes that I, I grabbed from some different articles that I, that I, read about you was, Uh I love this quote on you. I know, right? Uh, (laughs) If you have a positive mantra, you can accomplish anything, which I think is, is so awesome. And it really is uh, one that I think you have to have in, in an entrepreneurial mindset, because so often you're going to go forward a couple steps and some days backwards, a few more steps and, and you've got to just keep the positive and remember um, the positive things that you have done. And and you have built an incredible brand, Chloe, with amazing, amazing products. And, and I love, you know, your ability to uh, be humbled and, and try and all of those things that I'm hearing um, in this interview for sure. And there's so many lessons here as well for people to just learn from your own experience. And I, I'm a big believer too, that the more we hear about stories of why products get started, that there is a definite tie-in. When I go through the grocery store and those are the products that I pull, I pull, I want to know who developed these products. And I mean, it's pretty crazy. My brain just like goes down these aisles, like looking for products that are developed by people first. And, um, and I just, I know so many founders over the years, and that's really my goal for this podcast too, is to get those stories out there um, so that more and more people will learn about their stories and learn about the quality and the and um, the perseverance that goes on to getting this product to market. So thank you so much, Chloe. And everybody, you have to go and go to the frozen cases in your stores. And, and uh, are you selling, uh, you're selling through uh, your website right now too, or how are we you do, doing? But it's, um, it's definitely better to get it at the supermarket. We're in over 10,000. Um, and if you are having trouble finding, you can always go to our website. We have a store locator at chloesfruit.com and on social, I'm on social all day and, um, responding nonstop. So if you ever have a problem finding, finding product, I can always help you out there. We're at Chloe's fruit, um, on, on Instagram as well. So um, you shouldn't have trouble finding. That's awesome. And I love too, that you're a mama as well. And you yeah. went ahead and and started <laughs> your company anyway, that didn't use that as a, an excuse for not going and getting started. So I, I really appreciate that as well. well so my daughter now is, is uh, yelling at me every day that I have to up my Chloe's TikTok game. So I'm challenging her to kind of take over my TikTok. So We'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, we we should definitely talk. So that was my pandemic. Uh, that was my goal. So and oh, really? I, yeah, and I started it. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 embarrassing um, to my to my kids at at moments. I do not dance on my. Um, thank God, uh, but I've I've now um, 
been on the uh, front page uh, multiple times. I have nice. over 40,000 40, people following me on TikTok. And um, yeah, Amazing. so Kara Golden, it's, um, yeah, it's hysterical. And uh, okay. I just, I'm going right and there. yeah, and there's just all kinds of nuggets of wisdom. And actually the I'll give my, um, I was talking to the people from TikTok about this. The real reason why I love TikTok for, for my audience, again, everybody's audiences are different, is the people that have grown up with Hint, where I was really focused on letting their parents know maybe, and you know the buyers, right, that are going into mm-hmm. a Whole Foods. These are the people that were getting it at school that were their parents were buying it that they were growing up but I didn't really I mean I knew that they existed so they were considered the kids of or the family yep. right yeah but those people are now wanting to be entrepreneurs so my focus That's on right. my TikTok is all about you have to have an idea you have to just go out and do it and don't worry about failure and so it's really about entrepreneurial inspiration Versus actually specifically talking about a product. And it's amazing how many people want to be entrepreneurs. Um, This younger generation that is thinking, I don't even know how to get started. And there is not the audience, sorry, there is not the venue for them and they're coming in. And so that is why my, you know, my group has grown so significantly on TikTok. So I would, I um, yeah. So I would love for you to to come on there as well and sort of share <laughs> words of wisdom. Be super fun. And thank you, everyone, everyone for coming and listening. We're here every Monday and Wednesday talking about more than TikTok and uh, and lots of stuff. And it, as I mentioned before, if you haven't had a chance to pick up a copy of my book or get it on Audible. Um, please do and follow me on social at Kara Golden and definitely follow Chloe. And as I mentioned, those oat bars are so, so yummy, but I'm still super partial to the banana. So it's uh, definitely- We have banana dipped in chocolate. Yes, that is so good as well. So thanks everyone. Thank you. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, But achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.